0: welcome to the Inspired by Show.
1: I've actually been trying to be an entrepreneur or business owner for about 12 years. I've had four previous failed businesses. After those four didn't work out, I just decided to stay employed. I was like, you know what, I'm not made for this. I actually loved my job and I lost it because I was furloughed. It was in the famous pandemic known as COVID-19, but it turned into redundancy. At night, I'd be studying how to set up my own business, how to build my network, because I had no job, I had to swim, I had to swim, I had to keep going.
0: Welcome to Inspired By, the show that brings you inspiring stories from inspiring entrepreneurs with a twist. Now, I believe that every successful entrepreneur and celebrity on this planet has an inspiring story and they have stories that they haven't yet told, not because they don't want to tell the story, but because they haven't been asked the right questions. So my job on the show is to ask the real questions so that you get the real answers. Now, with that in mind, let's get started. Ros, welcome to the
1: Inspired by Show. How are you? Thank you so much, Chloe. I'm great. Thank you for having me.
0: No problem. It, do you know what? It feels really weird talking to you here because <laughs> no. we've spoken every single week for the last probably nearly six months yes. planning your brand new book, which is, well, as we we're speaking, almost launched, but as the time that to will be released, it will be out in the public.
1: I know. I know. It's so weird to be here because, I mean, I even saw you this morning on our Zoom call. Yeah. Uh, so to actually be on the sofa, in here with you is amazing. So thanks for having me. Thank you for the journey you've been taking me through for the past six months. It has been a roller coaster. Yeah. It's been in, in in a really fun way. But uh yeah, it's been been amazing.
0: Yeah. yeah. And I think it's been so much fun as well because you are so passionate about about what you do. And let's be honest, some of the guests that we have on the show are not as well known or not really big on their own brands. But one of the reasons I love about having you on the show is you're so you know your brand. You live and breathe your brand. Even the yellow, I love it like the chair and everything. <laughs> you got a chair for me. <laughs> All right It's I like, love it I
1: don't carry a chair everywhere right <laughs> just in case you're seeing this I don't carry a yellow chair everywhere I go
0: but thank you for getting a yellow chair yeah. thank you I love it <laughs> and for anyone that's listening by the way for just a bit of visual cues uh, Roz is known for her yellow clothing which I love because then you go to an event and people see you and hear you where did this brand that people now know as Manuka Media you've obviously got the money honey the bee is very prominent in all your branding how did you come up with your brand and where are you now with that
1: so just in case for the listeners who have now just heard about all this yellow clothing and the honey and the bees, I don't sell honey, just in case, <laughs> and I don't sell clothes either. So that's just part of my my brand. Yeah, my personal brand. But the whole concept of Manuka Media and the bee and how I created this personal branding and digital marketing agency was I I just wanted to bring a buzz to the industry that I was in. So I uh, mainly focus on financial services and the property space. And we all know, you know, talking about pensions and mortgages doesn't feel very sexy, especially on social media. And so when I was thinking about bringing a buzz to this industry and to these professionals, all I could think of was, right and yellow and energy and I will I wanted to be different than the blue gray palette right that we often see in financial services so I just lo- I love pink so I did end up introducing pink as well into the industry or into my my uh brand which is actually also seen in the industry we've got a bit of pink in the industry a bit of purple um but yellow not so much and so I I just took it on. It was, it was an accident. I was wearing a yellow dress in a picture and I was like, I'm going to put that as my LinkedIn photo. And because it stuck and people recognized it, they said, you know, a breath of fresh air for the industry. They said a pop of yellow that this industry needed. And then they made it a brand. Like the the reaction that people had made it a thing. So then I had to kind of roll with it and it's really hard to find loads of yellow things, but yeah, I just, I just roll with it now. So yeah, that's how The yellow and the, and the bees for me, it represents like, I mean, the bees are so underestimated, right? They're so valuable to how the world works and how I imagine, so I'm a busy bee, right? I'm working myself independently, but although bees work really well on their own, they're actually part of a community, And bees Mm. form such a wider part of what this world is about. So that's how I see myself. I'm doing my bit, I'm in my own lane, I'm over here like jumping from flower to flower. But then when I go back to the community of financial services or women or the school or whatever community I'm in, that's where the real juicy honey is made. That's where we all come together and that's the liquid gold that comes out of it. And that's why
0: I've built the brand around bees and honey. Oh, I love that. And do you know what? Yeah. That's interesting because I always come on the show and I always think, what do I want to know? Because I know so much about your book. And don't worry, by the way, we are going to go into the book because I know people <laughs> don't always know about the book if they haven't listened to it or, or read it yet. But I find it fascinating because I actually didn't know that about you. So, oh, that's really? A, so really, really good start to, to, our, to us getting to know each other and our conversation, Roz. So you've got this brand now. Obviously, you run the incredible Manuka Media Agency and you've done really well with that. But from our conversations, I already know this about you, that wasn't exactly the thing you originally started doing. So tell us a bit about Roz before Manuka Media and what sort of put you on this trajectory.
1: Great. So have you ever made a plan and then the plan doesn't go to plan? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I had a plan for my career, my future and where I was at. And I'd written it down, you know, in my journals and in my book on on my vision board. And the plan didn't go to plan. And that's why I'm here. It was an accident because had the plan gone well, according to my plan, I wouldn't be here. Mm -hmm. So this was born out of the plan going wrong. And it's one of my biggest lessons in life and in business. That is, if you are in a place right now that, feels wrong then it probably is about to go right and everything you've ever wanted but better is about to happen and that's what happened for me so where I was before I was working for a bank I was a business development manager so I was responsible for making the bank a lot of money bringing in a lot of deals and uh, mortgage applications and I was loving it I actually loved my job which is was sad at the time because I was like, I'm losing a job I finally love. Like it took me so long to find a job I loved. And finally I found one and I was like, why? And I lost it because I was furloughed. It was in 2020, I was during, you know, the the famous pandemic known as COVID-19. And I was furloughed and I thought this was only gonna be a short run, but it turned into redundancy. And um, it was in the middle of lockdown. So being made redundant when the world isn't normal, I'm sure redundancy for anybody is hard but you know going through it when in a time when you can't just go back out there and get another job or it just didn't feel you know everything was just not normal so out of that I had a choice you know we've always had a business at the back of our mind I'm sure lots of people are like oh when I when I have time or you know when I've saved up enough money I'm going to I'm going to start my own business and I thought well I've lost my job I haven't got the safe paycheck that keeps you in a job. So now, what's my excuse? If I'm out there free, Lone Ranger, what, what am I going to do? What else is holding me back? So that's when I decided to start my own business. But then the universe tested me many, many times to see if I was really, that's what I like to say, you know, the universe, um, to see if I was actually really serious about taking this business on. Mm -hmm. And that was interesting because I had to believe in myself more than I did to start. I had to believe myself that I could see it through because once I did decide to start a business, guess what? My phone started ringing with job opportunities. And I was like, why now? Why are you offering me this, this job now that in my head, I'm like, I've planned the business out now. So I had to reject a lot of high paying jobs You know, they were saying, right, Roz, you know, we heard you got made redundant at X, Y, Z. Are you looking for a job? And I was like, where were you six months ago? Now, now I'm set. Like the business is, 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 is literally registered on company's house. I'm going. And so, yeah, it was many, many testing moments.
0: Wow. Yeah. Just out of curiosity, this is totally off piece. But do you think if you weren't, if we weren't in the pandemic and the world hadn't stopped, do you think you would have gone down that business route, or do you think it would have been easier to just take that job offer and go, yeah, sure, I'm in, and just come into the next? Yeah, thing?
1: no, I, I genuinely, there's two paths that brought me to this path. One was definitely the pandemic. You know, for me, that was a a road that took me to where I am here today. And the other path was my backstory or my history that I've actually been trying to be. An entrepreneur or business owner for about 12 years. Yeah. Wow. For about 12 years, I've been practicing at this, waiting for this moment. And the moment was never coming. I've had four previous failed businesses. Let's call them failed. They, they you know, they served its purpose, but let's face it, they weren't profitable enough for me to keep going with them. And after those four didn't work out, I just decided to stay employed. I was like, do you know what? I can't, I'm i not made for this. Like clearly I'm not the risk taker. And even though I am taking risks, they're not working out for me. So do you know what? I've got a really nice job now. I get paid well. I've got the nice shiny BMW sitting on the drive because that was a company car that I could drive. I've got the. I've got everything I need, right? And I was, this is funny because again, you know if you're a person that believes in the universe, God, whatever you want, right? Um, I was 30 in 2020, it was February 2020 and I turned 30. I was at the Burj Khalifa in Dubai, celebrating my 30th birthday. Um, At the time, my husband now, but at the time we were um, boyfriend and girlfriend, we were together, we had a house together. And I was like, do you know what? I think I've smashed it. I'm 30, I think i got this. Like, why is everyone panicking about? Like, I've got this, I've got a nice job, I've got a car, I've got the house, I've got my man. Like. Life is great. And I wrote that in my journal. I literally, and I can find, I, I know the date exactly when I wrote it. I wrote that in my journal. And I think, God, that day was having a real laugh. He must've been looking down at me and he was like, <laughs> you have no idea what's coming, my love. In March, 2020, you're going to be furloughed. Then you're going to lose your job. Then yeah, all of that then happened. So I sorry, I don't know if it was my fault that I jinxed uh, what happened after that event. But I think I was so comfy and so set in like thinking I'd made it that the universe just said, you're not, you know, no, this is not this is not how it goes for you, my love. This mm-hmm. is not how the story goes. And that's what I mean by the plan didn't go to plan because I thought I'd made it. I was settled. And I. that's when, you know, things shook me up. Mm-hmm. So, yes, that's the journey that brought me here today. I believe that
0: wow i love that i absolutely love that story because you're right it's like so many times like like a lot of people would have been in the same situation as you fell business one two three four and gone do you know what i've not got what it takes and they're probably listening to this right now or watching this thinking yeah and i've just said set, I'll, I'll settle and i'll just do that i hate the word just. just i'll just do that and you just did that and you thought that was good and now looking back how do you feel about the journey you've been on with manuka media Now I just wanted to quickly interrupt this episode to share a quick message with you. Now I've been hosting these interviews with Inspired by Show for a while now and I've been loving all of the great feedback from our listeners and it really means a lot when you will share from listening to these episodes, watching these episodes, share your incredible feedback and I love that you love it as much as we do. Now my mission for the Inspired by Show is to inspire others to challenge the norm, share their story, knowing that it's okay to be vulnerable and shock horror, take the mask off and be raw and real. So i have a favor to ask can you help me on this mission by sharing this episode with someone who you think needs to hear this message maybe there's a friend a loved one a colleague or someone that you know that would really benefit from hearing this inspiring story if you could do that to help us help even more people to challenge the norm and push themselves out of their own comfort zone then i'd really appreciate it so if you haven't already share this episode with a friend a loved one a colleague or someone that you know would benefit now back to the episode
1: do you know what? I don't regret any part of the journey. Everything was there for a reason. Like I said, I loved my previous job. I loved my previous employer. Um, I loved everything I've done up until now. Like even if it wasn't right, you know, I, everything has led me to this moment. Even mm. those four businesses. Like there were there were times when, in fact, in my latest job in my uh, with my last employer, um, there was an event, and it was about uh, public speaking, and and they were like sorry, Roz, where did you learn this? Like, how do you know about storytelling about this and that? They were like, you, you know, you're a BDM, like business development manager. Like, I'm, you know, with all due respect, like how have you had the experience to do that? And I was like, but you don't see what I do outside of my nine to five. Mm. Outside of my nine to five, this is what I mean by 12 years of trying to be a business owner. I used to finish work. And then as everyone was getting off the train coming back from London from their commute to London I was getting on it on the way to London because I would go to a Tony Robbins event or I would go to some other inspirational like entrepreneurial event networking event so instead of networking in my local area I'd get into London go and find a networking event there whether it was in property or anything else and I would be basically at night I'd be studying how to set up my own business, how to build my network. And then by day I would do my job. So yes, a lot of that required me to do public speaking at events, you know, I'd already done so many gigs by that point that my company didn't even use me for. So when they realized I could do it, they were like, all right, we didn't realize you could do this. So I guess all along, I was always doing what I was meant to be doing. I was just doing it behind the scenes and, Mm -hmm. you know, a little bit on the side, you know, that side hustle. I've always, in those four businesses were side hustles. They were never fully, you know, full companies that I was just running full time. Um, But that was the thing, you know, do you think they could have worked out had I believed in myself then, quit my job and jumped into those businesses, would I have made a go at it then? Mm. You know, that's that's something I ask myself because I think, well, this time round, how comes this business worked when I was fully in it because Mm. I had no job, I had to swim. I had to swim, I had to keep going. Um, but who'll know we'll never know what mm. would have happened to the other four in the past
0: because they're gone now but yeah. they served its per- they serve their purpose for today yeah for sure. exactly and like you say if you'd have gone down that route you wouldn't be here today and new Media wouldn't be what it is today now Rose I'm curious because I didn't actually know this about your, your passion for entrepreneurship from yeah. from such a young age really where did that love for entrepreneurship come from where did that hunger come from everyone ask that
1: question and not just to me but to every you know to every entrepreneur we want to know where it came from because if we know where it came from maybe we can go and find it well like, oh there mm-hmm. it is it's hidden there let's go find it there I don't believe in that stuff. I don't believe it came from anywhere other than just a series of events like I remember when I was trying to answer this question for someone else I then later I think one day uh, you know in bed I was like oh my God, I remember my first business idea, right? I was in Sicily still. So I used to, that's where I was born. That's where I'm from. And I was probably about six or seven. And I remember having, again, this diary. Who taught me to have a diary? I don't know, like a journal. Mm. Who would teach me? Back then I wasn't watching The Secret or, you know, I just had this journal, like this, this feeling of writing something down. And I remember designing um, dresses like really random guys I am not in fashion literally I don't know where this came from as a child but anyway I was designing outfits and I remember pricing those outfits like how how random I don't even know what numbers I must have used it must have been like this dress costs 685 million I must have wrote so many I don't know how I priced things but I remember setting up a little shop that I designed and then I'd price things and then I realized oh I'm gonna uh, do children's clothes as well because as a seven-year-old I wasn't designing children's clothes I was designing like mature women's (laughs) clothes I don't know how I did that I love that again yeah I was like (laughs) it was literally at the heart the glut honestly and then I designed children's stuff and I was like yeah because if the mothers come in with their children then they can buy something for their children that business obviously didn't take off but I remember journaling that and writing it all down Um, And then my first actual physical business that I had was at school. And I don't know if it was arts arts and crafts week. I don't know what was happening at school. But I went home. I got all the socks I could find cut all the foot of it, of the socks, right? I don't know whose they were, but all the colourful socks I could find. I cut off the foot and then I stitched the the rest of the sock and I made it um, into a phone case. did anyone used to do that at school? That was a thing. No? Like literally, (laughs) you used to like slip your phone in it and then the sock would protect your phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so obviously back then it was all like the Nokia, the little Nokias and things like that. And my first customer was my grandmother because she saw me like you know, she used to be a seamstress so she saw me like stitching these things together and then she was like what are you doing with them I was like oh I'm selling them as phone cases for like two pounds she was like oh I'll buy one guys I kid you not she still has that sock today and I saw it the other day she was um uh you know the Italian uh cafetier, the the, yeah. the she was using it as a little, um, the spout handle. And she was, and I was like, Nonna, that's her name, like Nonna's grandmother. I was like, what what are you using there for that? She was like, oh, it's just so that I don't burn my hands. But this is your sock that you sold me years, oh my gosh, like the most incredible. And then now she's got another sock that she keeps her business, uh, not business cards, her credit cards in, oh. cutest thing. So I don't know where that
0: came from guys. Yeah. Like I really don't, yeah. I don't know. Have you always been a high achiever though? Because it does sound like you're the sort of person that gets an idea and you're like, "I'm gonna make this happen." Have you always been like that? Uh, from what I'm told, yes. Um, yeah, I think I am. But
1: I can, I can see where it came from. As in, I know, as in, from a memory, I I know what moment in my life I realised that I had to make something, or like, I don't know. Achieves, I think that transition coming from Sicily to England at young age, really disturbed my confidence a little bit Um, because by the time I was eight, I was like this sassy Sicilian little madam. I mean, I was already designing mature women's clothing. I mean, you know where I was going, right? So I was already my own self. I already had a personality. I already knew what I was doing and then when i got to this country i couldn't speak english and i didn't understand what was going on in the classroom and that was when i had my first imposter moment my imposter syndrome kicked in because the teacher sat me next to the smartest girl in the class and i had to copy everything this girl did because i didn't i couldn't take cues or instructions i had no idea what was going on and i think um that living in someone else's shadow, doing what she did. You know, if if there was like an art project, I didn't know what the instructions were. So if she drew a monkey, I drew a monkey. If she drew like, you know, a tree, I'd draw draw a tree. So there was no self-expression. I'd lost all my self-expression for at least the first six to 12 months of being in this country because I had to learn English first. Then when I started to understand the cues and my own language, and then actually speak two of them, then that's when I was like, actually, I I have my own voice back again. I know who I am and I can now translate it into different languages. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where it came from, this like feeling of because I remember distinctly feeling held back,
0: really held back because I didn't understand. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I have to do everything she does. Yeah. Mm, yeah. It's so interesting though, because so many people can probably relate to that from so many different angles, you know, when we're growing up and so many experiences mm. are so formative to us like that. Have you ever felt that again since then, you know, feeling like maybe coming into, for example, we're in the similar industry, which is, you know, being a building, a personal brand, speaking, podcasting, there's a lot of noise, you know, how how have you felt that show up again or in, in other ways?
1: Yes, it, it, you're absolutely right. It's definitely come back again because, we're in the media space like we're always on social media we've got our photos our videos we've got our own podcasts and so it's really hard not to compare yourself and I'm really grateful of that story of me and that that girl from school that I can relate today to that and say be yourself. Like I I don't have to compare myself anymore. Even though I might slip into that every now and again, mm. I know how to catch myself because I've learned from a previous experience that everyone's got their own moment to shine, everyone's got their own space in this world, everyone's got their own voice. Hence, going back to the bees, at the end, the honey is made by lots of you know, thousands of bees having been out there using their own energy and their own little bodies to bring back the the, the pollen that's that's the 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 nectar that that sweet juice at the end comes from that so I kind of see myself as this is my lane this is my space I'm doing my bit and I don't attach the success to oh well how many followers do you have in comparison to me what how many downloads do you have on your podcast in comparison to me because hey I'm not trying to hold you back I want you to thrive, I want you to win and I'm doing my bit as well. And that's what I call at Manuka Media Positive Pollination It's everyone positively doing their bit and impacting their community, their network, their connections, we're all doing our bit. And my highlight of the day is when I get, I don't actually know how many followers I have on my podcast, right? But the highlight for me of the day is when I get a message saying that podcast today really touched me. That's it. Just start one message from one person who I've reached. And if it wasn't for the podcast, I don't know how many of you are listening, but it could just reach this one person and that ripple effect is, is done. Like who that the universe will then take its course and mm-hmm. it will do what it needs to do. But that was that first step was me just speaking. That mm-hmm. was, that's all that
0: matters. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's really beautiful, Ross, because it's really clear to to me, obviously I know you quite well through publishing and editing a book, but to anyone listening because you can see how your passion for building a brand and being seen and being heard from your childhood from those experiences has come into today because I find it fascinating one of the things we resonated when we first met each other is our background in the finance world you know you're in banks I was in accounting and I remember when we planned to publish your book And I was telling you that, by the way, I'm a chartered accountant. You were like, what? How are you now a book publisher? And I was the same to you. Like, how are you now a media, (laughs) you know? And I think sometimes we go on these amazing turns. How did you find it bringing in both parts of your world, like your brand and you wanting to be seen and, and this flavor and the buzz that you have with also then bringing in your corporate experience to create Manuka Media?
1: Yes, excellent. Yeah, really nice balance because I was... I have been in financial services for nearly a decade now. So again, that was an industry that I fell into by total accident as it goes, you know, first job, I was like, okay, I like it here, I'm gonna stay. And so I was already blending into the corporate world of financial services. I got to understand the the, the subject, the topics, the products, the people, and without knowing it, I was my original client, as in I was my own Manuka Media client, because Mm. as a business development manager, whether I was working for a brokerage or a lender or in the past 10 years, anywhere I've been working, I've been telling my story along the way the whole time. So I would, for example, day to day, uh, talk about the lender products, be like, this is what we do. Yay. And then in the next post, I'd be talking about. I've just had a meeting with XYZ Brokerage and I've just helped them do this in their business. And then the next day I'd say, oh, we've got a team um, team meeting, we're playing darts today. So I would be documenting my journey and I was already building a personal brand before I needed to build a personal brand. I didn't realize I was building one. I just realized that eventually by the time I'd posted one thing and another, people started to get to know me. I was wearing the lender's badge and I was wearing the lender's label but actually I was the face and the voice of the connection and the relationship so when that was taken away this is when I thought I'd lost everything during the pandemic I was like oh my gosh that's it I'm cancelled I literally thought I was cancelled out of the financial services industry I thought no one's ever going to remember me I've lost my phone so someone came over dressed in like all the PPE gear I literally looked like PPE just vomited on him he had forensic outfit on during, yeah, because it was like at the beginning of the pandemic and he was like, I'm here to collect your car, your laptop, your phone. It was quite, yeah, it was a bit horrible how it happened. And you, they thought they were going to give it back in three weeks, but I was like, nah, that's clearly not going to happen, is it? Right? So everything got taken away. So that phone had all my contacts, all my connections. Um, we weren't allowed during furlough to talk to any of our clients because of furlough. So, I was really isolated and that's the best they could do. Obviously no one knew what to do. This was a new, like I don't blame them for it. I I come in peace and they know this and there's a nice story at the end of it. They, they know this and we're good friends, but it was, it was very isolating. I felt really disconnected from, from everybody I'd built a relationship with for seven years. And so I just didn't know where, how, how I was going to get myself back into it. Uh, And thankfully for, you know, thanks LinkedIn for existing, I was able to just tell my story during furlough. So I wasn't allowed to talk about work. I wasn't allowed to connect with my my clients or my ex-clients. And so what could I talk about? So I was talking about what I was doing, you know, with fitness, what I was doing with charities that I was volunteering for during uh, the pandemic. So I was uh, an online volunteer for several charities. Um, I was talking about the ups and downs. I was talking about the random, like, cupcakes I was making because I was so bored. And that got me back into the media and back to people who were like, oh, that's where she's gone. Gosh, where where's she been? Like and and that's what you kind of Mm
0: -hmm. woke
1: up that feeling of, oh actually I still do have a place here and people are interested in my story. And yeah, Mm -hmm. that's the rest is history.
0: Yeah. And one of the things, Roz, I love about your journey and your story, and obviously what's in your book. Now, for anyone hasn't read it or or tuned into it yet, it's not about Roz's story. It's not a biography. It's it's a it's a genuine help book for mortgage brokers, which we're going to touch on in a second. Mm-hmm. But what I love about how you've written it is you're so, excuse my language, fucking honest. I love <laughs> it. You know, I was reading it giggling. Because I could hear your personality, the jokes throughout it, the the banter a little bit, you know, the honesty. And you're very direct in it as well, mm-hmm. going, don't do that because everybody's telling you to do that. Do this. When did you find that real personality come through on your social media? When did you find that real raw and authentic, like, guys, this is what it looks like behind the camera kind of angle?
1: I, honestly, I think that comes with my passport, as in like that comes with being Italian. I think so anyway. I, 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 I'm just, I'm not putting anything on I'm just naturally like that and I have to caveat it now in a in a British um, setting I'm you know when someone says Roz can I just get your thoughts on I'm like no 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 don't go there because if you ask for my thoughts you're going to get my thoughts I'd like to so just be careful what you ask for like if you want my opinion you're going to get like the, the honest truth and I think that's what then became my brand as well. Cause you wear your personal brand with everybody. You wear your personal brand with your friends, Mm -hmm. with your kids, if you've got kids, with your partner and with your boss and your colleagues, you wear your personal brand every day. So my friends know that my personal brand is if we want the honest truth, just ask Roz. And same with my family, you know, if they want to come to me for help or anything like that, you know, they, they know they'll get the truth. Mm-hmm. And that's what my clients appreciate as well, where, you know, yesterday someone was like, oh, Roz, you know, someone's been saying that I shouldn't do this with my brand because of X, Y, Z. And I'm like, "Sorry, just just so that I'm clear, who is this someone? Like, is it Bob? in the pub who just thinks they can give you this unsolicited advice or is it someone that's like, you know, got some, and they're like, Oh yeah, no, it is Bob. I'm like, yeah, well just, just don't worry about that. Let's just work on like what's the, let's work on the facts. So I think a lot of people really care about what other people think and mm. you need to be careful who is doing that thinking,
0: you know, mm.
1: who who are you putting your weight on? Right. So yeah, I like mm. to be honest, but it might not gel with everybody, but I, yeah. I, tell, I can't, my eyebrows can't hide it. Like I've had no Botox, nothing on my face. So the minute you say something, my eyebrows are going to go left, right and center. And I can't, I literally
0: can't hide it. So... I have to speak the truth yeah I love it I'm giggling because we're so similar (laughs) like we are so similar and the amount of times that we've had conversations and I'm like Ros is gonna go or like I'm like "Uh uh-oh you know because we we are we, we can't hide it and I think that's what's really good about what you you teach Ros and one of the things that we've bonded over is the myths and the bs in the industry especially social media because I think a lot of times we are putting ourselves out there so obviously there are opinions that we're expecting to get back what advice do you give to people to, or, or how do you even handle it? Dealing with, you know, what I would call the negative Nellies, the people that have always got a negative opinion to have and and balancing which opinion do we listen to?
1: It's a good question. How do I deal with it? Um, do you know what, guys? I'm not saying I'm, I deal with it. I don't deal with it. I don't um, because it depends who it comes from. Like if it comes from the trolls of social media that is like, a hidden account, you know, someone who, because when, when I was posting during furlough, people were saying things like, I hate your voice and you look like you've had surgery or or actually suggesting I have surgery on my face. But I was like, but who is user 1268575? I'm like, <laughs> I don't know, but like, don't worry about it. Like, don't worry about it. Like that that's the stuff I don't care about. Even if they pick a point about myself that I don't like, I'm like, who is this person? I, I don't care. Um. But the ones I do care about is when it catches me off guard. It's the ones that I believed in. It's the ones that I spoke highly of. It's the ones that that made me feel like there was a couple that have put me on a pedestal, right? And made me feel like we're solid. So solid that I even invited them to my wedding. And like, you know, I thought like we're friends. It's like if you just turned around, Chloe, and you just suddenly... Like, stabbed me in the back. Mm. I will go all Don Carlione on you. Like, literally, how dare you disrespect mm. me? Because I've given you, every, like, I give you so much trust and love and I, and I, like, hype you up. And then when you let me down from such a high pedestal, as in we're both up there together, like, not just me, like as in we're up there together, our relationship is strong and you let me down. But I take that really hard. Mm. And that might take me a while to get over. Mm. And, Yeah, there's been times where I've been, oh, I don't even know if to say it out loud on Mm. a podcast, but yeah, there's been times I've been called things that I'm like, why did you say that? Like, why would that come from you? Mm. You, like, why did you do this to me? And it feels really hard, really hard. So I don't know why. Do you know what, one thing I did do, if I need to give you a strategy or a top tip, it's not gonna be applicable to everybody, I promise you. It, this is gonna sound really like off piece, but um, I pray, like, oh I can't God. say any other way. Like, I just, I pray to understand like, what is the lesson in this? Like, there's gonna be a bigger picture. There's, this means something. Like, it, it didn't just happen by accident. Like, what does it mean? And I just asked for like, first, Patience with it and forgiveness. I'm like, please just help me forgive, like, help me be forgiving. Don't forget, don't have to forget, forgiving and forgetting is two different things. (laughs) I'm not forgetting anything. Gonna keep that in my back pocket, but how can I just live with peace? Because if that toxic thing is living in my body, that's gonna affect me negatively. That's your problem. What you've just said, that's like that's a you problem. You keep that in your belly, let that stew in you. I'm not letting it affect me. So whilst it did bite and pinch, I try and like find a way of peace with it.
0: Mm,
1: Maybe they need help. If they can talk that foul, like if that stuff comes out of their mouth,
0: that they need yeah they need assistance yeah I totally agree I totally agree and mm. you're right it's not the word praying isn't necessarily applicable to everyone but I think actually the concept is mm. I'm not very spirit I'm spiritual I'm not religious and so I always pray in my way with through my meditation my journaling yeah. and it's all the, same thing. It's, the it's, same thing it's just about believing that there's always a lesson and I'm always saying like what's the lesson in this what's and it might be a good thing it might not be a good thing but there's always a lesson and I think if we approach life with an open mind that we're forever students we're forever learning we're forever kids Kids in some way, shape or form. We're always the one that's brand new first at school in so many different ways, you know, and it's just, it's just about pivoting and adapting to that. So true. Which you've, you've done really well, you know, you've adapted in so many different ways, you know, Mm. Manuka Media is, I mean, how long ago was that? Nearly three years now. What's the date today? September the 14th, I think we're recording. 14th. Okay. 15th. 15th. 15th.
1: So it will be my three year anniversary, uh, September 22nd. Wow. Yes. No yeah. way. That's amazing. Yeah. That's the day I announced on LinkedIn. Hey everyone. You know, I lost my
0: job. Yeah. I've just started a business. Yeah. Wow. So you're nearly three years in mm-hmm. and in that you've helped loads of clients with their content, with their social media strategy, with everything about that. You've also launched your own podcast, Money Honey, which is just, it sounds so fantastic. And now you're writing a book. So, you know, you've achieved so much and say, let's say you're writing, you finished writing a little while yeah. ago. Um, What made you want to write the book? Oh,
1: um, it's another thing where we say, oh, I've got a book in me. Like, I'd love to write a book one day. And this one day, one day, one day, I was like, no, no, day one. Like, day one begins now and sometimes it's good to wait because I needed to wait for the thing to write about right but I've been writing this book from three years ago you know just collecting all my ideas and you know I've I've been a few manuscripts even the one that I brought to you we actually started from scratch, didn't we? So I was like, no, okay, let's start again. And it it helped to write it all out. And if you're thinking about writing a book, you have to write it out because otherwise if it's still in your head and not out on paper, your head hasn't got any more space for the good stuff to come in. So I binned my first manuscript, but it was already written. And so just put that to one side and then the new stuff just started flowing. And that was more, that was, that was reason number one, why I wanted to write a book was for me to turn that day one into one day. The second reason was that, again, back to that philosophy of positive pollination in my business, which is, right, I work with a lot of one-to-one clients, okay, because I love that intimacy, I, you know, that one-to-one, just all about you. Like, if, if I'm working with you, it's about you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I thought, but I want to help the industry. I want to help the globe, I want to help everybody as much as I can. And there's only one of me. So how do I duplicate my efforts and put myself out there so that more people have access to me, even at a much smaller reduced budget, if it's just buying a book, then I could be on the shelves and on the desk of so many other mortgage advisors and financial advisors who perhaps haven't had the one-to-one access with me, but they now have it in the book. And so the the quicker I can educate, the IFAs and the mortgage advisors to learn the principles in the book, the more the positive pollination is impacting our society, because if they learn how to put themselves out there on social media and educate our society, our society has then got access to them on how to make better financial decisions. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, do you have a trusted mortgage broker or IFA that you go to? Do you have like someone on speed dial Mm -hmm. that you're like, whenever I want to make a financial decision, I know who to go. You don't.
0: No no i've been through three or four mortgage brokers in all the different property deals i've done for one reason or another yeah
1: yeah so if you're listening to this this is how crucial it is for you to get yourself out there because people like chloe Mm -hmm. i can't believe you have you can't think of one person you're like yeah this person yeah that's sad Mm -hmm. that's sad because i've got access to the most elite financial advisors the best mortgage brokers the most passionate protection advisors that will protect you your kids your home your family your health and that's selfish of me to keep that from you that is very selfish and it's selfish for these advisors not to put themselves out there Mm -hmm. because they are not helping people like you by playing small you have to play big in any industries and this is pharmaceuticals beauty fashion what is playing small going to do like you're not reaching the people that need to hear from you and people like you are waiting to hear from the golden advisor at any moment now.
0: Mm. Yeah. I, I think it's so beautiful what you're sharing Rosa, especially with representing in a way as well, because you're again, something that we related on connected with a lot was the fact that you've come into this industry as to be honest, a female in a very dominated industry, you've now come in in your own skin, in your own business, not under a bank or under another umbrella. Yeah. You've come in wearing your bright yellow and, you know, you're not, I love it because you're not apologetic about any of it. How was it for you standing on your own two feet as a female, as obviously Italian, so it sounds like, you know, you have got that sass in your words from earlier. How was it for you and have have you been, have you struggled at all being, you know, very female in a very masculine world?
1: Oh, wow. Female in a masculine world. Yeah. Women in male trades. Yeah. That's typically how I'm seen because I'm in financial services or property or construction. I've been in construction as well. So those those industries, I guess, because I've done it for a while, I got used to it. But actually, there are so many phenomenal women in this industry. Like That's why I started the Money Honey podcast. And the they just, they, they are quietly successful. They do what they need to do. They are successful. Their talent is so much talent, which is why I started the podcast because I wanted to showcase that talent and give a voice to the unheard voices of the industry. But the men, my, 99% of my clients are men. I love the men. Like I love men. Like it's not like, I, I don't, have anything like, all? Oh, there's no propaganda or, the, or my, my podcast is not about shaming anybody. It's actually about celebrating everybody. And I have had obviously those incidences. Like I used to go on a construction site with, you know, from the office, so I used to be dressed up like in office attire. And then I'd be on a construction site with like my high vis and hard hat. Of course you get those comments, but look, sometimes, and it's never gone too far. That's the, that's the key. I, maybe I haven't let it go too far because I'm very like, no, no, let's get serious. Like, you know, I, I can put my foot down there. So I, I, I think you have to hold your own in this space, but you also have to allow people to, um, to also find their journey. And then sometimes they don't actually mean it badly. You know, sometimes there's a, I can tell that there's a mortgage broker that meets me at an, uh, an awards ceremony and wants to compliment me and say, oh, you look fantastic, you look great, because obviously I'm all dressed up and probably wearing yellow feathers, so I'm not, you know. And he's really apprehensive about giving me a compliment because now we're, we're, like, scared of saying anything. And he's like, oh, Roz, you you look well, you look well. I'm like, come on, you want to say, like, you you know, just you know, don't be afraid of that. I can take a compliment. Um. So yeah, I'm just really cool with the lads. Like really like, you know, they know where the line is. I know how to set that line. I know how to hold my own. And if someone were to go out, of line, I think they don't go out of line because they know I'd be like, what? Excuse me? So they, I think that's the, the, the fear, but please don't fear it. Please don't fear financial services, property, construction, because the men have actually been my biggest cheerleaders, like, Amazing, amazing mm. support. Honestly, mm. it's revol- I can't speak for what it was like twenty years ago, but yeah, revolutionary mm. from what I can see, and from all the women I've interviewed on the Money Honey, like this is is happening. It's happened. Mm. It's it's
0: yeah, it's amazing. Good, I love it, mm. and it, I think it's so important because, as you said, it's about having forgiveness from what may have been in the past, and even if it has experienced, I've definitely experienced it in the past. Sounds like you have in various shapes and forms. It's about letting that go and not holding that. Because I think a lot of women, I mean, I run Queens in Business, female-orientated community. And a lot of people, when I started that, thought that I was like male-hating. It wasn't at all. We have men who come and speak at our events. We have male awards. And like everyone, like the male panel at our events gets the most people watching because it's an couple of hundred women in an audience and a male panel and the women are like I want to ask them the questions and it is fucking fantastic we love it but it's about knowing that there's a place for both and it's about representing like you say asking the right questions to both sides of it and also forgiving what has happened in the past and similar to what you've experienced you know I, I know a lot of what you've been on since then how have things been now with your previous employer and with the journey that you've been on in Manuka Media. Yes. So I, just
1: before we go on to mm. talking about the um, the twist in this story, because there's a really beautiful twist. I just want to make a point about we're talking about men and women. Mm. Um, happy to have that conversation, but we're so behind. It's not about men and women anymore.
0: Mm.
1: And we need to start like we're still trying to catch up in financial services, talking about the men and the women. But it's like, yeah, we're non-binary now. Like Mm -hmm. there is like a whole new space here that we need to hold that space for these, for for everybody, for for anyone who identifies as anyone or anything, Mm -hmm. we're not there yet. And so we're still stuck on speaking about men and women and we've got so much work to still do and it's not being done. Mm -hmm. So with the money honey, I hope to bring more gender diversity and um, more diversity in general from Mm -hmm. all backgrounds. And that's already happened. We've had lots of people talking about their Indian heritage, um, you know, the, the black community. We've had, uh, what else have we had? Me, I've been speaking about, you know, the, the the culture difference between, you know, Italian mm. and English, that there's a difference there. So yeah, there's, there's still a lot of catching up to do. But mm. anyway, the twist, the twist of when a plan doesn't go to plan and this is what I mean by praying or this is what I mean by, ask yourself, what is the lesson? What is going to come of this? And trust that if the plan doesn't go to plan, there is something bigger in store for you. It's not over. This is not how it ends. And if you believe that, then your actions will help you to build that that magic. So for example, if I didn't believe this and I got made redundant and I had reacted badly, thrown my toys out the pram and started, you know, really battling with my ex employer, I would have burnt a lot of bridges Mm -hmm. and I would have missed the biggest opportunity of my life three years later because I didn't do that, because I believe that things happen for a reason. We've ended on very amicable terms. We are supporting each other digitally and out there in the world We support each other. But what's even sweeter still is that three years later, my ex-employer has sent me a check to be a keynote
0: speaker at their event. Wow, that's amazing. It's like a, it's literally like, like what you would dream when you get in yeah. that situation. If you would said to me, Ros, look, we're gonna make you
1: redundant. And in three years time, we're gonna pay you to be a speaker at our event. I'd be like, yeah, all right, mate. You're just saying that just to make me go quietly and happily. But they didn't say that because you, you don't know what the future holds. There is, And they probably didn't know that this was going to happen. They were watching me. They've been watching me for three years and I've delivered. And then they got in touch and they literally said the words, we've been watching you. We can't think of anybody else that we'd like at this event to speak. Mm. And it was paid. Like, that's the magic. It's like,
0: I can't believe it. Like, my employer turned into my client. Yeah. And that's the thing I think for, for anyone that's, you know, going through challenges right now, the lessons here are never make things toxic, always be, always remain respectful. And, and I've, I've definitely had similar situations to that as well. And I think it's when we're going through difficult times, it's so easy to go into the victim mode and then you create the villain. We're the victim, they're the villain. And if you treat them like that, they remain like that. Whereas for you to have the professionalism to go through that, I mean, they came to your house and took your phone, your car, you know, and that is so alienating through a difficult time in the world anyway. But the fact that you've then come the other side of that, and now, like you said, you're getting paid to speak from at their event. Not only does that show your... The, the actual relationship you have with them, but also the power in building your brand. Because if you'd have done that quietly, which a lot of people do, a lot of people decide to just go, you know, oh, I'll start my business quietly. I don't want them to know because just in case I fail, what if anyone notices? And you've gone on and gone, okay, well, I'm doing this. Yeah, Yes. And you know what I did? I've just literally remembered while
1: sitting here. I've never I thought of this before. I've just remembered that on uh, the week before I announced that I was starting my business as a way to say goodbye to my employer to announce that I was being made redundant because I'd left a week, um space. I couldn't wait any longer, Chloe. I was literally like, right, I'm going to announce I've been made redundant, but I've got my comeback story already. Like I literally know how to come back. I've, I've done it. I've been working behind the scenes. So when I announced that I was being made redundant and I was saying farewell to my employer, I made a video of a collage of all our pictures. So I had, yeah, so that was my gift to them. It was like, and and to show the world, hey, like this is okay, like, I've lost my job, no hard feelings with this company. Look at my amazing memories. Mm. And I put a video together with a bit of music and all my colleagues like commented saying, because they were also up for redundancy, that, you know, everyone was in that same space. And they're like, Roz, it's been amazing. Good luck with everything you do. And, you know, that we all really pulled together to help each other. We created like a, a LinkedIn. No, I didn't create it, but someone, my, one of my ex-colleagues created a LinkedIn group for all the redundancies across all the industries that could join. And just try and find a job. Yeah, that was amazing. And that's what I mean by if you believe that the plan was always meant to be that way, then your actions will follow suit. You won't be the victim. You won't be toxic. You won't be aggressive. You'll be like, okay, not ideal, but let's go with it. Like, what's next? Like, be excited. If the plan doesn't go into plan, be like, right, well, what's better then? If that wasn't meant to be, what's better? Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I find really interesting about that story? And you kind of its gonna sound really weird, but hear me out here. You <laughs> kind of reminded me of me when I went through my biggest breakup, right? So what you did in that moment, and you touched on it there, is you recorded the video to tell the world that it's okay. And I find a lot of us go through challenges, and we feel like we need to make everyone else feel okay with the challenge. It's like, I'm okay with it. So I want to make sure you're okay. And I I did the exact same thing, not a video, but the same thing with one of my exes who cheated on me. And it's in my book, I won't go into it too much detail, but I ended up going on a night out that I didn't want to go on just so people could see us together so that they felt more comfortable and I remember, and when I processed it, I actually recording my audiobook, because I then had to read the story as well as write the story. I was reflecting, going, why the fuck did I feel that I needed to do that for them? And isn't it amazing how we go through, and then obviously it's ended up really good for your situation. It's like sometimes we feel like we need to say things for others so that they're okay, not necessarily but putting ourselves first. That is
1: sorry you had to go through yeah. that, but at the same time, I'm not sorry because. I know how phenomenal your life is Mm. right now. And I know that you've got your own ups and downs, but sometimes, you know, we're we're quick to say to people, oh, I'm so sorry he did that. And you're like, no, mate, like, you know, I'm glad he did that because I've been cheated on before. And it brought me closer to the man I have today in my life. And I married him because I know exactly what I don't want in all those situations, whether it's a bad job or a bad partner Mm. or a bad burger, whatever it is you ate or did, you know, like, oh, I'm never drinking that again or I'm never going there again. And I love that that forms who we are. Mm. I find that a lot of people today, right, for the Gen X uh, and Z out there actually, don't kill me for this, right? Don't come at me. But I feel like I have a Gen Z person in my life um, and I feel like they're too cautious They don't want to get it wrong. So they want the right partner, the first kiss. And I'm like, no, no, you have to kiss a lot of frogs. And they're like, yeah, but I don't want to be seen to have lots of partners. And I'm like, yeah, but you need to find your person, right? You don't get it right the first time. They're trying to nail their first job right? The first job has to be the job that has the slide coming through from the toilet to the office. And they want like, you know, the pool table and the drinks that they go after. I'm like, no, maybe the first job that you have has to be this shitty little local village job that you do that you don't want to do, but it actually teaches you everything you need for the bigger job. So like, I think by getting everything wrong and by everything going wrong, we got
0: everything right. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, everything's a step in the right direction, but we just don't, we don't feel like, I always say to people, nothing's ever right or wrong. It just is. It's not a wrong step or a right step. It's just the step that is on our trajectory. We can't go, we can't go back. You know, we can't press the undo key and and it all vanish and we start again. So I think you're right. I think a lot of people put so much pressure on themselves to have their shit together. And actually, if you'd have probably written down when you started Manuka Media, this is what success looks like. It probably would look very different and you probably wouldn't have thought of, I want to get paid to be a keynote speaker at that event. Never. I would never write,
1: I want my ex-employer, to pay me to speak at their event. I mean, yeah. how arrogant is that? <laughs> like that, that would be too much of an arrogant goal, but it happened. And sometimes, uh, so I have a coach now, um, cause it's been a while. Like, I've been coaching myself through books and podcasts and you know, the secret and the, you know, I read lots mm-hmm. of things and I coach myself through um, life, you know, that quiet word you need to have with yourself. And so lately I, I, I hired a new coach, someone who um, is going to keep me accountable and keep me on track with uh, goals and how I'm feeling. And just it's someone who I can just talk to that isn't like related to me. I don't know if you have one. But, oh yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, like <laughs> yep. a life coach or something. Yep. So anyway, he was like, what are your goals? I'm like, eh, what are my goals? Because lately I've learned that when I set a goal, I'm actually not aware of, I, I feel like I'm blocking the bigger power that could come off the back of it because I set a goal and actually every time we set goals, they're very small. They're not that big and then something bigger happens. You're like, yeah, well, that was the goal, but I didn't write it down. You know, that happened. So now I set goals, but I don't, I'm not attached to them anymore. I'm not, yeah, I don't, I'm not attached to them anymore I because I know that, something in that atmosphere is gonna happen. Like mm. something related to that, but better than I planned, mm. could happen.
0: Yeah, yeah. Do you see what I mean? So much, do you know what, I'm not, I have know I've joked about this often on camera. <laughs> I'm on the exact same wavelength. And this year I've just completely surrendered to so many things Like I know I wanted the podcast to launch. Didn't know when we started, we literally started recording and, the production team will agree with me. I had no idea the launch date. I was like, let's just start recording. People would come in the studio, sit in the chair and go, well, when will this be out? And I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was just going with the flow and it's, yeah. it's quite, there's almost like a really relaxed surrender to it where you're like, cause I trust yeah. that, which sounds, if me two years ago be listening to this, she would be rolling her eyes and going, Oh, come on off, get off it. You know, another trust surrender to the yes. universe kind of <laughs> shit. I would never have, I never would have listened but it there is there is an honesty within that and I think Ros the journey you've been on the trajectory you're on and just seeing how far you've come obviously you're to, uh, speaking is a huge part of what you're doing now obviously it sounds like you did that a lot in in your in the corporate oh, role and, shut me out. And, and yeah <laughs> and, and now and now here and it's just it's just been amazing to see how far you've come and I'm so excited for your book to go even further it's I'm so so, excited so good about
1: the book yeah so that's been, again, another way to use your voice. And uh, again, I, I think I still feel like it links back to um, when I was, even if it was just for six months, I couldn't speak a language. I ended up learning four. I ended up, you know, speaking is just something I do because if if you, you've been given the, the gift of voice, then someone out there needs to hear mm-hmm. it. Maybe like if I... I'm not on this podcast, or if I didn't write the book, or if I didn't go on stage and speak, I'm holding back what that person needs to hear. Mm. And it's, and that's, a lot of people ask me like where'd you get your public speaking confidence from? How do you, how, how are you not afraid of being in front of the camera or the mic or the stage? Let me tell you, you're always afraid, like it mm. never goes away. We were talking about this off camera, of, yeah. you know, oh, I don't like my angles on camera and this, but the minute you make it about the people of what they're receiving, your, your fear goes away because it's not about you anymore. It's not about you on stage. You might have like that butterfly in your stomach for the first few seconds, but then all of a sudden you relax into it because you are so focused on the value and delivering the outcome that you want for that person watching. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there is never a, a moment where you're like, oh, I'm a public speaker and I never get nervous. Yeah. I, uh, have a look at celebs when they are about to go on stage. Right, Um, Beyonce, what does she do backstage? She's not sitting there like, you know, with a cup of tea. She's there like, God, please, you know, help me here today. You know, she has her little routine of how she gets on stage, how she psychs Mm. herself up. And, you know, you can tell she's shaking, you know, she's trying to get like all the shakes out of her body. How like it happens to everybody.
0: Yeah, that was actually one of my questions for you, Roz. Who, who Who would you say you aspire to be like or that who has inspired you on your journey? Who's helped you on the journey?
1: who has inspired me i love karen brady yeah do you know actually how i didn't know i I forgot i used to do this but apparently an ex-colleague of mine who i used to work with like xxx colleague said that when i used to come into the office this is so cheesy i can just imagine people in the office looking at me like what is she doing apparently i used to have like positive affirmations on my screen at work. And I used to have a picture of Karen Brady and like, Oprah, that's another person that inspires me. J-Lo massively inspires me. I love Beyonce. So yeah, I used to have like pictures Mm -hmm. of like these iconic celebs that I used to think, yeah, you're bossing it and you're serious Mm -hmm. and you're talented. But you, you've got every bit of personality and sass about you. You're like you're not mainstream. You're really, mm. really putting it out there. So yeah, those I'd say are my my
0: oh. my big
1: big heroes.
0: Yeah. Heroes. I, I love I love all the people you've shared because they're very similar to mine. But I love Karen Brady even more because she's actually very similar industry, similar similar space. Kind of came in in the round. Like she really, I would say, left the mark in this industry. Yeah, yeah. I love the fact that Karen.
1: Karen, you know, my mate Karen, I'm like talking about her like, yeah, so Kazza. Um She has that like blow dry and the beautiful like office dress and the heels. And she's probably a bit more corporate than I am. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a bit more like relaxed and casual, but I love how feminine she is and how like just she's her own woman and can hold a room mm-hmm. and really, be a boss, like just really know her shizzle. Like that's what I love about powerful and really talented women is that they work so hard. They've had to defy every law or every ob- obstacle. And then they walk into a room, you're like, wow. Yeah, I love that about her. Do you know what, funny story, I've got a, uh, speaking of this like vision board today, I've not today, but I've made a Canva image of, Karen with Alan Sugar, like you know, in the boardroom, and then I'm next to them. So I've like photoshopped myself in. I don't know what that means, wow. but just in case this happens, you heard it here first. I like, love that. This is like projecting into the future, like setting a. I don't know what that means. So sometimes I set goals like that where I'd like. Mm. I've got, for example, a picture of TED Talks, like the a circle, you know, the red circle mm. of TED Talks, and then I photoshopped myself on the stage, but. Yeah, I don't know how that's going to like play out. Yeah. Yeah, so I like doing like little funny things
0: like that. So maybe me and Karen will meet. Yeah, who knows? It's on the vision board, so... Have you on The Apprentice? Oh my god, I would totally watch that. That would just be <laughs> amazing, <laughs> definitely. Oh well, oh, Ros, it's been amazing having you on the Thank show, you. and you've just you've just it's it's such an inspiration to hear you to hear you speak. And obviously, I've I've helped you with your book with with publishing your book. So for anyone that's obviously tuning in, it is out now. So if you haven't already got a copy, do grab the social media guide for mortgage brokers, which is available. We'll make sure all the links are in in all the comments and all the descriptions and so on. But Ros, we have a tradition on the show where the final question for each guest is someone is about finding someone that you know who has an inspiring story that you think we should have on the show next. Who do you know that you would like to recommend for the show?
1: Oh my gosh, I wish I was prepared for this question. Who do I know that should be on the show? Who do I know that would be on the show? I
0: mean, how big are we going? Are you going celeb? It's whoever so, you whoever you feel, one who you feel has an inspiring story, and two, someone that you would happily reach out to and say, you need to get onto this show.
1: Do you know what? I'm gonna nominate my girl Danny, Danny Wallace, because she's as well as you have been one of my biggest mentors over the past six months, because you know you might hire a coach or a, a nutritionist, but you have been a big coach because you've coached me through the biggest event of my life after my wedding, which was the book. Like it literally has felt like a wedding, hasn't it? It's like the big yeah. ceremony is coming soon. So other than yourself, the next biggest coach in my life has been Danny Wallace, who has been coaching me through elevating my speaker, um, confidence, right? So I've been doing a lot of speaking, but I wanted something more formal and f- something more structured. And I think the reason I would nominate her is because, again, from that positive pollination point of view, I know how much she is impacting other people to use their voice. And her her philosophy is very much aligned with mine. So I'd love, yeah, I'd nominate, I'd nominate Danny.
0: Oh, Danny is such an incredible human being, and um, I'm very excited to have her on the show. So yeah. thank you so much, Ros. It's you. been amazing, and um. For everyone who hasn't already found out and got a copy, do I do massively recommend you get a copy of Rosa's brand new book, The Social Media Guide for Mortgage Brokers is out now. I'll make sure all the links are in the description and everywhere else that you guys can grab your copy on paperback or Kindle. And I really hope you've enjoyed listening to Rosa's inspiring story. It is just so incredible to hear someone go from so many different whirlwinds of a journey from coming to the UK for the very first time, all the way up to doing the amazing things she's doing now. Now, if you haven't already, if you are watching on our YouTube channel, make sure you share in the comments what has been the most inspiring story that you've heard today on the show. Which bit of Rosa's story really resonated with you and why? And obviously, if you haven't already, do make sure you follow and subscribe to the show so you don't miss out on our next inspiring guests. I look forward to seeing you next week. <laughs>